You're listening to Intrepid Healthcare's exclusive coverage of the HIMSS Annual Conference and Exhibition. Welcome to HIMSS 15, direct from Chicago. Our coverage is brought to you by CTG Health Solutions, your trusted advisor for healthcare IT advisory and consulting services. And now, here are your hosts, Joe Lavelle and Rayanne Thorne. Welcome to a very special episode of Intrepid Healthcare live from HIMSS 15 exhibition floor in Chicago. I'm your host, Joe Lavelle, and I'm really excited to be bringing you Talk HIT with CTG with my friend and co-host, Rayanne Thorne, from our remote studio right here in the CTG Health Solutions booth. Rayanne, how about a quick shout out to our sponsor, CTG Health Solutions? It has been so great to be sharing this space with CTG the last couple of days. I'm excited about everything that they're doing. To quote Cheryl from marketing, CTGHS has contributed to my growth professionally and personally. It is an organization that values its employees and offers opportunities for learning and taking on new challenges. I'm looking at it right on the board in front of me. Great opportunity to come in and talk with the folks that are truly valuable assets to this industry. Absolutely. We're going to get right to it. Today, we're joined by my friend, Mike Garzone. Mike is the Vice President of Technology Services, is that the right title? Yeah, that'll work. I'll uh-huh. answer to that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Mike, why don't you tell the audience about your background? So I'm a technical guy. I have been in healthcare IT now for a little more than 30 years. Oof. Um, no way. Yeah. I'm calling bull on that one. No way. So I got a job at Presbyterian Hospital Dallas in 1981. <gasps> That is more than 30 yes. years. It'll be 34 yeah. by my math. <laughs> so I've done different things along the way, operations and COBOL programming and systems programming, wow. and patient accounting and some early clinicals, Unix stuff, network stuff. What I really focused in on and really made more of a career path out of was integration. Has been and continues to be a important part of healthcare. You look around HIMS and see a boatload of posters about interoperability and how interoperable everything is, and we all know that that's broken and still has a lot of work. So it's a good place to be. It is a good place. Mike, give us a 10,000-foot overview of technology services at CTG Health Solutions. So CTG, the parent, the overarching company, CTG, we're a staffing company. We do a lot of technology for a lot of different markets. I don't know if a lot of people know that. Our market knows us as a healthcare company, but we do things for Boeing and IBM and British Petroleum, provide a lot of technology services to those companies that are really transferable and translatable into healthcare. So network technicians and security analysts and PC techs, for example, a lot of those types of skills can bring to market. In healthcare, instead of trying to focus on everything in technology, pick the few areas to fish instead of throwing the net out into the ocean. Data is important. We've always been passionate about data. So things that are related to data are things that we want to continue to specialize in. So you could say data X, data warehousing, data aggregation, data analytics, all those things and the relationship between them, we do a lot of work in. Integration of data, moving data from one point to the other, important and a focused area for us and security of data. Keeping data secure. 
that's on the forefront of everybody's mind these days, especially in healthcare, in retail, right? We've yeah. seen breaches that happen in retail. Are you concerned about data breaches and perhaps hospitals that out there, healthcare systems that aren't protected as well? You know, what is the acceptable level of protection? Right. Right. You look at who gets breached nowadays, and, and if you go back Shocking. and do... Shocking. Yeah, you, you go back and take a look, and did they do enough? And, and I can argue that, wow, they've done plenty. But all it takes is one little crack, one little mistake, one little person answering the wrong email or clicking the wrong icon. Should the consumer or patient be married aware right away? Because we're hearing that breaches were made not till six months to a year after the breach took place. Well, is that an issue? That, that timeliness of uh, reporting, yeah. yeah. I mean, there's some guidelines that you have to conform to to report breach. And there's some penalties, and the penalties continue to get stiffer. <sighs> some states stiffer than others. I, right. I, I want to say California, if you're a patient, you're breached, you're entitled to some class action. Uh, you're entitled. Yeah. Just being a citizen of California, you're ent- yeah. entitled to class action. Careful, careful. <laughs> it, no, I can say that. I'm a citizen <laughs> of California, so I can so, get away with saying that. So, Mike, you said a lot of words with data. I didn't hear you say the word big in front of that. Is that just a buzzword? Big data. And, is that just a buzzword? And there's really other ways to think about how data will be valuable. It is a buzzword. It's a great hashtag. I have a definition, and others may have different definitions. And I'll just give you my definition. Big data means a lot of data. I try and keep it simple in that regard. A lot of data that have to be structured, can be structured, can be a blob, can be an image, can be a a video recording. It's any of those assets when you try and pull them together. So how others may interpret that, how others may view it, may be a little different from here to here. I talked to a guy earlier today, and he gave me his interpretation, and... I didn't agree. Um, <laughs> that's interesting. But pulling all that stuff together and making sense of it, that's the challenge. And if you look at that as, a, as an adjective, maybe, big data, to describe pulling all that stuff together instead of a noun and making sense of it or, or maybe even a verb, I think it's more appropriate. So, yeah, big data is happening, I guess. But regardless of what we call it, I think with all the ways you're involved with data, isn't governance really important? Oh, my gosh. Yeah, well, it's garbage in, garbage out, right? Right. And that hasn't changed. And you have systems that you got more clicks now on a screen. You have more fields to fill in. Just going through a regular inpatient encounter now, you're capturing more stuff. If you're not organized about how you do that, if you don't have some controls around who's making decisions about how that data is captured, kept, stored, normalized, etc., then you end up with some challenges in the end when you try and make use of it. Mike, tell us about your team. What type of skills do they have? What level are they operating? Are they operating at program manager level or techie level or all of the above? Yeah, all of the above. I mean, we, we try and figure out where the puck's going to be and skate there first. We do have demand for project managers. So we provide project managers. We have demand for architects. But we also have a lot of demand for people that can get in and code, you know, source the data, profile the data, write the HL7 interface, create the report, etc. So the team that I have, the skills are all across the board. The other word you didn't say with data was careful, close your ears, Ugh. Ryan. Ugh. Interoperability. Oh, yeah. You said it. <laughs> Hashtag interoperability. I know because I've known you for a long time, Mike, that as an integrator, someone with deep skills in integration, it's something you're passionate about. Maybe interoperability has been given too much, it too many meanings. It should just be happening. Shouldn't we just integrate the data? And uh, come on. Sure, it's all plug and play, really. <laughs> the standards are there. 
tight control standards exist, right? You should. Know, it's the operative never. word in that is should. Well, and you look at MU3 stuff that's been published now, they're, they're pushing a lot more of HIE activity. Right. And, you know, my opinion is that I don't know that they're more concerned about sharing the data through the HIE as they are trying to force interoperability to occur. It's going to continue to be a challenge. We're still a long way away from it. It's not impossible, though. The possibilities there. You mentioned project managers is something you might be looking for. Are there any other key skills for people that are listening that might be interested in CTG? Yeah. Anybody with EIM experience, HIE experience, EIM, Enterprise Information Management. So I'm sorry, there's data. Data warehouse. Let's make it more simple. HIE experience, you know, there are a lot of clients that are using Epic's new data warehouse, Cogito. We have some folks who understand a little bit about that, but we can always use more. So folks with those kind of skills and backgrounds, I'd love to have a conversation with you. Back in 1981, I was a dental assistant, right? Forehanded dentistry, taking care of patients in and out. I never imagined in 81 that we would be living in the technology world that we're living in or that I would be involved in technology, attending a conference like this, walking down aisles, seeing giant technology companies. Back in 1981, when you first started, right, talking about technology, having a, it probably wasn't even called technology back then, it was technical or... Data processing. Yeah, data processing, right? You're a programmer, you were called a programmer back then, okay? Well, programmer analyst. Programmer analyst, okay, programmer (laughs) analyst. On your lapel... If folks were here and this were video, they might see that you are a Trekkie. Well, I, I'm just a nerd. Yeah. <laughs> just a nerd. Just a nerd. We have a, I'm not a just member the Star Trek the universe, but, uh... Starship Enterprise lapel pen on your on your jacket. And I made note of it yesterday. I wondering if you could go back and talk to Mike of 1981 if he could predict the world where we are right now. Mm. I don't think in the 80s, the early 80s. Healthcare, IT, or data processing was all back then was really about producing bills. It was wow. really financial. You captured room charges and central supply charges, and you produced a claim, and, and that was hmm. really the role. There was not much clinical component to it. Right. Um, or even any kind of intelligence attached to it other than processing uh, data. Right? Pushing yeah. data from one place to another. I, I want to say in the mid-80s, we had a data warehouse, sure, for decision yeah. support to try and figure out which zip code had the most broken bones. Right. It was all about the finances back then. So can you pinpoint a moment in time when you started thinking, wow, technology is going to be a big part of when everything it accelerated? we do? Yeah. When do, you, when do you think that was? The biggest accelerator that I believe is when the paths of healthcare IT crossed with consumer IT. When you saw folks getting PCs at home right. and starting to do electronic banking, internet, we raised the bar, the consumer raised the bar and expected healthcare IT to catch up. I mean, you look at, there's still hospitals today that run green screen systems hmm. that are still struggling to get current. Consumers have much higher expectation now. Consumers are the ones They're buying. Smart. They're, They're buying smart. the wearables first. <laughs> They have the digital scales. They aren't using PCs. Right. They're doing everything via mobile, mobile device, right? And interestingly enough, and you wouldn't really think this, but the younger generation, next generation, and also minorities are the biggest users of a mobile device, a handheld device. They are not spending money on a PC. 
they've decided they don't need a computer in their home because they have everything they need in the palm of their hand. Yeah. So what do you think is the next step then for healthcare IT? Are they going to have to think about mobile? Is it, oh is it time? Is it past time? Absolutely. So the good news is, with your scenario, everybody's using their phone, right. is that we have to engage with, and I don't want to call them patients any longer, because patient implies that it's someone who has a, a clinical a illness or yeah. a condition. Yeah. Let's call them customers okay. or citizens. Right? I, I like that better. Citizen. They've got to be engaged to take an active role in their health. If we're going to move towards accountable care model... You need, you need their permission. You need their permission, but right. you need to make them part of the team. Actually, you need to put them in the middle of the team. And Isn't how that better, where, they, where they should be anyway? They should be, but the team members that surround it today don't talk to each other. And the mm-hmm. way it's structured, is you, there's a big fence between you and the delivery system and the payment system, and, the, and what you get is what you get. Yeah. You don't fence get to negotiate between it. you and your own data. I don't, I'll I don't like that. So you'd have the patient advocates in the booth today. Sure. And I spend a lot of time with a couple of them. Wow, fabulous, right? <laughs> My gosh, Dave, we better do that every year. Yes. Um, but well, here's the thing, Mike. Jump on our bandwagon. And I'm going to tweet this every day between now or and when I get now back. now in six months. In Las Vegas, every single booth needs to sponsor one patient advocate. Yeah. Yeah. They Why need to bring an advocate. So, Why wouldn't we do it? And, and the advocates that we brought this year, they're pining to come back. They want to come back next year. They can't wait to come back. But they will pay their own way to get here. In chatting with them, and, and I'm, I'm going a little off topic, but that's okay. No, no, this is we, great. We can do whatever we want, right? Our it show. Would, would not be bad to have patient advocates paired with physician advocates. And I'm not talking about a physician who happens to be on the board of some big company here, but let's a go into the local, in the trenches. Let's local get a Las Vegas market and yeah. grab some practitioner and say, we're going to sponsor hymns to you. We're going to let you go to some sessions. Come and, come and see what's being talked about by tech companies. Partner with a patient and right. go visit sessions and collaborate and get the patient's point of view and get the physician's you point of view. You don't see very many physicians here either. No, unless they're employed by something. More and more, yeah. though, over the, as someone who's been here for a lot of years, the last five years, at least we're seeing some. Some, yeah. right. right. And some that are acting as the chief information officer in that role. So it's interesting to see a practitioner put into that information role and how important it is to have somebody who really understands the physician's needs, but also didn't go into this to be a technologist. You know, right. went into it to provide patient care, right? Exactly. You know, sharing some time with patient advocates and... You know, I had some medical episodes this past year myself, so we were comparing notes. And and I told her, everybody in this room is also a patient. At one point or another, we're all going to see a doctor. We're all patients, just as much as we are working members of this right. of this market. But we all have a different perspective because we're in the business. And that's what makes their perspective so fresh and so energizing is that they don't have the paradigms of working in healthcare IT for 30 years. I have a different expectation when I go to my doctor. I understand the challenges that they have. I understand how long they're supposed to spend with a patient. You also know what to demand, right? You also know, I mean, you've got an insider view. I look at that myself. I worked in the dental field for 20 years, and then I worked in technology for the time remaining after that in healthcare and recruitment. Mm -hmm. I know what to demand, and I know to be noisy, right? And not everybody knows to do that. Right. But unfortunately, and Mike, I think this is where you're going, even as someone who's been in it 30 years, being noisy is the only option you That's have. That's right. It's not like there's going to fix 
this thing. I, I've talked a couple of times with the advocates about my mother had a situation last fall, and I went and was her advocate. Well, she had one the year before, too, and the year before. And it was just the same sets of problems, yeah. which causes me to get on an airplane as soon as she gets to the hospital. So To, to be her advocate. Right. Yeah, right. But, but my only choice is to yell and say, okay, I need to talk to a doctor right now. Yeah, and I'm not messing around. Instead of... Right. Uh, okay, so, we can fix some problems. And some of the things you can't fix by yelling, right? So in, <laughs> in my case, I get diagnosed with something. I have to go to a specialist. Now I have a primary care physician specialist. That specialist wants me to see a second specialist. Now i got two specialists. First specialist takes me to one hospital for a procedure. The second specialist takes me to a different hospital for a procedure. My primary ca- care physician is affiliated with yet a third hospital. you got so five I, EMRs right now. I have, I have five <laughs> EMRs. I have four mm-hmm. patient portals. None of the med lists sync. None of the med lists on all forms sync. When I go in for an encounter, I bring my meds in a baggie. And you need to make sure, what do you have listed? What do right. you have I mean, What do you have that says I have? Because so, I'm going to tell you what I really have. How frustrating is that for me? It, it, these are not just some rural, no. you know, that, that don't have the budget to put in big systems. They have big systems in place. They're just not looking at it from the patient's point of view. And I get it. The, the, the physicians have problems and challenges, too. But that's why it's so refreshing to talk to these patient advocates because they, they see that firsthand and, and they don't have a paradigm. Well, Mike, you could complain about that because you know about integration and how they should be integrated. Sure. It frustrates me more. But the problem exists. Mike, one important discussion I want to have before we stop here is we've just been overwhelmed, Ray Ann and I, about the culture of CTG as we've spent time with you guys. Talk about the culture of your team and what brought you to CTG and what keeps you here and what keeps you recruiting top talent. Wow. So, yeah, I'm here at CTG because of the culture. I've been in other organizations. I've been in great culture organizations and I've been in lousy culture organizations. (laughs) And I understand the importance of working with folks that got your back, working with folks that collectively want to collaborate and share stuff with you, that don't look at you as a line on a spreadsheet, have an active interest in your career and your success, who won't set you up to fail. It's a leadership thing that comes from the top and goes top down. It's what gravitated me here. It's what keeps a lot of people. We have a lot of employees who've been here a long time. Yeah, it's, I read in some of the literature, the average length of stay at CTG is 15 years. Yeah. For a company that, for a reputation of staffing, that's quite a tenure. Oh, that's unheard of in any tech company. Yeah, yeah. especially or, or a consulting SI. company. Yeah, right. especially a uh, right. systems implementer. Right. Good deal. Mike, what do you hope to accomplish before you leave here this week? Well, my goal this year was to get a little bit better visibility of some of the vendors who are pushing the population help, data analytics, uh, flag up the flagpole. There's a lot of discussion among our clients about what, what should we look at doing, who should we work with, etc. Should we roll our own? Should we buy something? We came here with a pretty targeted list of folks to meet with to try and get through some of the hype and figure out exactly who can deliver, where it's being done, where it's being done well. So although the primary goal is always talking with customers and clients, we had a secondary goal this year of really sorting out some of the vendors in the market to figure out who, who's going to succeed and who's not. And? And? Are there some that are going to succeed? <laughs> Give us hope. Oh, I don't know if I want to do that. You I don't have, have my, to name names. Have no, 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 no naming names. Just saying, um, do you feel like we're on the right track? Are the companies out there that are the ones that are here, the ones that are making noise, are, they, are we on the right track or do we still have a ways to go? Some are. Some, I think, overextend themselves. Are we still in the architecture stage? Uh, uh, well, 
it, we're still in the acquisition, merger and acquisition stage, right? Yeah, so definitely. if you're a if tiny company and you claim you can do a lot, you're you build get... up your book of business, then you get bought. And... Yeah. And something that I've seen in just the different tech companies where I've worked in the tech world where I've lived is they have a great technology, but the minute they're bought, that technology either gets ignored or gets absorbed into the system and that great idea goes away. Yeah. Which is unfortunate. Sadly, lived through that myself, yeah. even if it's just services. Acquisition, it's... I don't get it. I don't either. It's almost a way to say goodbye to anybody that might potentially be competition. Yeah. You buy them and put them away. Yep. It's a handful of folks, I think, benefit from that. But in general, <laughs> not everybody does. The founder CEO, maybe? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. All right, Mike. Looks like we're wrapping up here and uh, about to run out of time. Before we let you go, where can people go to contact you and learn more about technology services at CTG? CTG website. That's an easy one. CTG.com. And I'm uh, Mike.Garzone at CTG.com. So that's pretty easy. Feel free to email me. And you can follow CTG on Twitter at CTGHS. That's right. Thanks so much for being here, Mike. We really appreciate it. It was Thanks, a pleasure. My Thank pleasure. you. All right, that wraps this live broadcast from Hims. Again, we want to do a quick shout out, Rayanne, to our friends. More at than CTG. 25 years of providing HIT consulting expertise and innovative solutions to produce real results. Real results. On behalf of our guests, Mike Garzone, and my co host, Rayanne Thorne, I'm Joe Lavelle in Intrepid Healthcare's live coverage from Chicago. We'll be right back. <laughs> 